0: watching us online. And as Jason mentioned, if you're watching online and you're a visitor, this is your first time, please uh, hit that visitor link and fill out the form and we'll be happy to reach out to you, welcome you, invite you to come in to the sanctuary on your next visit. But uh, welcome. We don't really have a lot of way and background today of this psalm will be in Psalm 116 and 117. So open your Bibles there if you don't mind. We have done quite a bit of background in some of the psalms as we went, like who was writing and for what reason and some of the background into the the, the music and the choir directors and whatnot. So we're not gonna do a lot of that this time, but we are going to read the word and then kind of break it apart a little bit. Not every single verse, but a lot of them. But before we do that, let's stop and pray once again, and just invite the Lord in that he would uh, give us discernment for his word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we're just... God, we're so grateful that we can be here in this place together. Lord, we thank you that you have blessed us with your spirit. And Lord, we ask now that we've had an opportunity to sing your praise. Lord, let us continue to praise you by reading your word, discussing your word, Lord, and asking God to do the things that only you're able to do in our lives. So Lord, we just pray for discernment. We pray for your wisdom Lord, that you would change our hearts and our minds this evening. We pray that you and you alone are high and lifted up. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 116 and Psalm 117, we're going to read 116 first. And then a little bit later, we'll read 117. So let's start. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me therefore I will call upon him as long as I live the pains of death surround me and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me i found trouble and sorrow then i called upon the name of the lord O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of my salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all His people, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death, is the death of His saints. O oh Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of all the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you once again for your word. Lord, thank you that we can open it here openly and freely. And Lord, our hearts do break for those, our brothers and sisters that are persecuted, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would speak to them, or that you would give them strength and courage and a boldness that is beyond measure, Lord, that they would continue to share your good news, your love and truth with even their captors. So Lord, we just pray that you would do a perfect work in Jesus' name, Amen. We know from reading the Bible and really all that Pastor Tim covered in the book of John and recently around Resurrection Sunday, what those last hours look like. I'm going to need that. Keep sliding down. What those last hours look like in the upper room after the feast, the very night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested and then later crucified. We know how they broke bread together, how Jesus washed the disciples' feet, they fellowshiped. And we're told, for example, in Matthew 26, also in Mark 14, that they sung hymns. Matthew twenty six thirty. Thank you. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Historians and scholars believe that this psalm and Psalm 117 were two of the few psalms that were sung during that time. Can you imagine if this is true, singing with Jesus? Just think about that for a second. He would be quite the choir master. G. Campbell Morgan said, whatever the local circumstances which gave rise to this song, it is evident that all its rich meaning was fulfilled. In the midst of that little company of perplexed souls, the shadows of the one death already on him, Jesus sang this song of prophetic triumph over the sharpness of the hour of passion in which he was passing. He has made it over to all his own as their triumph song over death. See, this psalm of all of a sudden seems to have a greater depth and meaning when we think about who was singing these psalms and the significance of them. And how fitting that the first verse of this psalm, of Psalm 116, is, I love the Lord. John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus was the only one who ever did and could. John 15, 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. The Nasby of that same verse says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will follow my word. Jesus demonstrated this during his ministry and even his obedience to the Father. Some of the most beautiful scripture ever written, speaks of the love of God and the love that he has for us. 1 John 4, 7-10 through 10 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And if everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, the one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this the love of God was revealed in us, That God has sent his only Son into the world so that we may live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Verse 3 alone, the word love is mentioned 10 times, starting with the title given to us, Beloved. It's just remarkable. So it starts out, I love the Lord. Spurgeon said this, They say that love is blind. But when we love God, our affection has its eyes opened and can sustain itself with the most rigid logic. We have reason, super abundant reason for loving the Lord. Super abundant reasons for loving our Lord. So the first couple of the verses here, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. We see an obvious act of praise going on here and thanksgiving for at least one moment in time where the psalmist had an issue. There's debate as to who the psalmist is. We're not going to clear that debate up tonight. But the psalmist had an issue, likely a serious one. And because of that issue, whatever that was, he cried out to the Lord for help. And what's beautiful about this, that it's not like this is one of those things that we have seen in the past, I was thinking about those, you're as old as this, and then there'll be a picture of something. Have you guys seen this? Like a garden hose, picture of a kid drinking from a garden hose. You don't see that anymore. Or a bike, leaving early in the morning to ride your bike somewhere, returning in the evening. And then at least you can be in your front yard when it gets dark these kinds of things don't happen anymore. Kids don't ride their bikes as much as they used to. Their parents can track them wherever they go. And most of the kids, instead of drinking, stopping at a neighbor's house or even just some random house to grab some water, and that was okay to do, they have a hydro flask or a Starbucks gift card or something. Things have changed. But God's love... For us isn't something that once was. And not only when things have happened in the past, where we cried out and asked for God for help, and He answered, because this cry for help is an ongoing plea that we find ourselves in, an ongoing cry for help. And just as He has heard us in the past, He continues to hear us now. And in the future, he never doesn't hear us when we press into him. And look at this, God hears my voice. God hears my voice, how wonderful is this? And he hears our voice because he loves us. And how do we know that God loves us? Quickly, here are some verses that remind remind us of his love. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we see the things going on in the world, how people act, we've talked about this before, the things they say, the sin that's committed, I know that love typically isn't the first thing in our response. It's certainly not one of the first things that we think about when we are a witness to these things. But God does. Because even as sinners, he died for us. What about Zephaniah 3.17? The Lord our God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That last verse. He will rejoice over you with singing. God is the mighty one that saves. And for each of us, he rejoices over us with gladness. He will quiet us with his love. How troubled Are we? He will quiet us. He will rejoice over us with singing. It's hard to imagine that. When was the last time we thought about God singing over His people? We offer Him praise as we started this service through worship and song. And we do that because, well, because He's worthy but how often do we think about our heavenly father singing over us? And he does so because of the joy and the love he has for his people. 1 John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love because he first loved us. And he gave us an example of how to love love sacrificially, without motive and without reason, to be without or to do without so others would have, to give everything so God would be glorified. Romans 837 39, yet all these things are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height or depth nor any other creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Last one. Probably the most known, popular, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What an incredible statement of love. In essence, saying he gave himself for us. Now these are only a few verses that begin to describe God's love. But the psalmist is talking about how they love the Lord. And we can say, oh, I I love the Lord. Look at all the things that I do. And we can become really busy about doing the Lord's work, which is good, provided we do everything that we do unto him and for his glory and out of obedience, but not at the cost of his will because we can be really busy about doing the stuff at church and not doing the one thing he would have us do. We don't want to be in that place. So how do we love the Lord? How do we show love or his love? Remember that verse, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. We read that a couple times. How do we show God love or his love in our life? And there's a lot of things we can list, but let's stick to what the Bible says. Here's a list. One of the ways we show God love is by simply spending time with him. Jesus made a way to do that so we should live by that example and what does that example look like well the first thing is prayer didn't just didn't didn't Jesus provide this example to us every day we know that he would get up before it was light and go before the father alone in prayer and before he did anything he would stop and pray. What about praising? Jesus did this through words, through song, just living his life in obedience to the Father, reading the Word, the Bible. Didn't Jesus go into the synagogue and open the law and the prophets and speak and teach? As Pastor Tim pointed out this last week, the very words that Jesus spoke, we read today. What about giving our first fruits, our time, our talent, our treasure? No better example than Jesus sharing the good news wherever we go. This was the ministry of Jesus Christ. And show the apostles who showed the early church how to do it. And that work continues today. What about being or making disciples? Again, not only exemplified by Jesus, but also a commandment to go into all the world. We must be doing this. Serving, I mean, what can we say? Such an incredible example we have in Jesus the perfect humble servant, way too many examples. Being obedient to his will, to God's will, especially when it means letting go of our own. In the case of our Lord and savior, obedient unto death. And how do we show love? By loving by loving those around us more than we love ourselves. It's been said before that Jesus at any time could have shut the mouth of Satan, could have spoken a word, and every person who was against him would no longer be. Or he could call for a thousand angels at any time. But even on the cross, after the beating, The love of Christ was so great that he pled with the Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And again, these are just some of the ways that we can show love towards our heavenly Father or show the love of our Father to the people we come in contact with. And Jesus showed this as an example, that our countenance would be a display of his love and patience and compassion. There's a lot to say about love, but let's get back to the verses in this psalm. But having a quick discussion about love is important because the psalm describes this love relationship between a psalmist and God. And it's good to root ourselves in biblical definitions of love, true love. Not the definition of love as seen in the world. Let's not go there right now. We can simply say that it's not love with all that we see done in the name of love. It's deceptiveness, it's lies, it's sin, hatred, confusion, and all authored by the enemy. We have to keep our eyes on God's true love. These things that we just talked about. Putting Christ first in all things. Remember 1 John 4, 7-8. through 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Remember that. So looking at these verses... The psalmist loves the Lord because he heard the voice, because he has inclined his ear. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surround me, the pains of Sheol lay hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. These first set of verses, we don't know what took place. In the life of this person. But we know that it's truly some serious business. The psalmist's reaction is one of desperation. And he's saying that he loves the Lord because the Lord heard his voice. But God didn't just hear this voice, he knows this voice. God knew the person that this voice belonged to. And for every single one of us, that's still true today. He knows our voice, he can hear us when we call. He inclines his ear to me. What's that saying? He's making himself available to us with purpose and intent. He truly hears, listens, and he knows every detail And therefore, only God has the perfect answer. And I love that with this crying out, with this plea, there is an implicit trust on the part of the psalmist as they cast all their care and concern upon God, knowing that God will know exactly what needs to be done. I love the Lord because he heard my voice. No. know, this what he's saying here. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. This is outside of time, regardless of time. And there is no other. Never has been and never will be. And this is such a personal song that we see being sung here. Count up how many times you see the word I or me or my. Mentioned. I'll save you the trouble. It's over 30 times. Such a loving relationship on display here. Such trust to handle anything and everything perfectly, whatever that is. And again, whatever this is was serious because verse 3 speaks of the severity of it. He says, The pains of death surround me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. The NASB version says, The snares of death encompassed me, and the terrors of Sheol came upon me. I found distress and sorrow. So whatever's taking place, it was so bad that life was in jeopardy. The fear of losing the life, of dying. Death appeared to be imminent. And no matter how hard they tried or how hard they fought to cling to life, to hold on to just one more minute, the only thing they found, the only thing they faced, the only way this would ever was going to be ending would be in death. Only trouble and distress and sorrow were found. No hope, no different path, no light at the end of the tunnel, nothing. Nothing. What a horrible place to find ourselves. Where do we go from here? What to do? Well, read verse four. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. And then we see what he even asked. He says, oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Such an incredible statement. In desperation, because of a desperate position to be in, a desperate plea goes forth. I implore you, calling out to the only one who can. The psalmist continues by saying, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Now, this is kind of an interesting turn for a moment of how this is written. As we just said, there's a lot of I and me statements. But here, there's something that brings the family of God to it. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, he most certainly is. And we're going to talk about that shortly. But he finishes that verse with, Yes. Our God is merciful. We move from this I and my to our, as if the psalmist is giving a testimony of God's love and power to others, and amen to that. Our God is merciful, and just our testimony alone of what God has done for us and continues to do for us is worthy of his praise, and that needs to be shared. Gracious and righteous, only God can have a perfect balance of both grace and righteousness. And in turn, we walk in that. Now remember that our righteousness is but filthy rags. The Bible reminds us that no one is righteous, no, not one. So how can we walk in this righteousness and grace? John Newton said it this way. He said, our righteousness is is in him. And our hope depends not upon the exercise of grace in us, but upon the fullness of grace and love in him, and upon his obedience unto death. In other words, we don't manufacture any of this. The only thing we contribute is the sin that requires a savior. All is upon God. Jesus Christ poured out his love in obedience to the Father, which resulted in his death and resurrection. His grace was fully on display. So we can walk in this righteousness because we are covered by his grace. Proof of this can be found in verse 6 The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. God saved us unto salvation and continues to work in our life as we live for him. Because again, we see this being brought low, but God saving. God is always making a way. He continues this song, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet From falling. When we go through our daily lives, we can experience stress, depression, anxiousness, fear, anger, along with the happiness and the hopefulness and gratitude. But when there is this severity to that hardship, we often struggle just to keep our head above water. And the combination of all these emotions together really strips away any ability we have to have true rest and to truly relax. And I mean, find peace. But like we read, instead of finding peace, we find trouble and sorrow, just as the psalmist did. But with God, we can find true rest and not the superficial rest or temporary rest that only is felt for a moment and then is gone. With God, we have rest. One that is experienced to the soul and the spirit level. God stops the tears and places us in a position where we can no longer be in danger. And that doesn't mean that the issue that's causing this goes away. It just means that we are now able to face it by faith, knowing that we're not alone. Because the rest we receive from the Lord is total and complete, perpetual rest. Without end, never wavering, our faith will waver from time to time. But God's mighty and upright hand never does. And God deals bountiful with us. Some of this bounty is described as delivering my soul from death. That's huge. Removing the tears from our eyes and keeping our feet from falling. That's huge. This is an awesome bounty and worthy to praise. Continuing on, we say, I walk, I will walk before the Lord and the land of the living. I believe, therefore, I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in haste, All men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. This is a great expression. You hear this asked often in a way with interacting with brothers and sisters in Christ. How is your walk? Are you walking in the Lord? And the response is normally, well, it's okay, or it's been better. You see, a man's walk, or a woman's, is typically defined by the observance and the judgment of others. Our walk is determined by the opinion of the others who see. But they oftentimes have a very limited perspective Think about the life of a celebrity, what we see in their life, how we observe the fame and the fortune, the glitz and the glamour. But that's only what we see because we don't see the pain and the sorrow and the depression and thoughts of suicide. We don't see the drug and the alcohol addiction. Or if we do, we just dismiss it and think it's just part of that lifestyle. But little do we know that that addiction they have is the one thing that keeps them putting one foot in front of the other. Very desperate situation to be in. Because without the Lord, we have no place to turn. And whatever places we find are not sufficient. But God's grace is our sufficiency. So how confident do we walk knowing we have been delivered from the enemy, not trying to hide from it or dull our senses or trying to do things to take our mind off of it? Our confidence isn't in ourselves or the things around us or the things found in the world, but it's in the Lord. We can walk before the Lord, walk in His light, in the land of the living with joy and hope and true peace. He goes on, he says, I said in my haste, all men are liars. All right, let's face it. We have all said things that we didn't really mean, probably still do. We have thought of things that we didn't really want to happen. But we do this in our weakness, our anger, our pain, our desperation. I'm going to caution all of us here. By the way, I speak to myself. Because James talks a lot about the power of the tongue. You can't take words back. You can only seek forgiveness from them and repent. Because once something is said, it's said. Being hurt or angry isn't a reason to say something. It's just an excuse and a really poor one at that. Thinking bad thoughts is just as bad. Because maybe the other person, well, unless they can read minds, the other person can't hear what's going through your brain, but God knows. And that still needs forgiveness and repentance. So what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. What can we give to God for all he does for us? What can we give to God? Truth is, We can never repay God for what he's done, what he continues to do, because he paid a price that we never could. But James Boyles said it this way. It is a profound insight. The only way we can repay God from whom everything comes is by taking even more from him. But not taking advantage of him, but living a life where we constantly seek more of him, to love him more, to surrender more to him in every part of our life, to be more obedient to the Father and to Jesus Christ as we lives, as we live our life as an example of him. First Samuel reminds us, "Has the Lord as great?" Light and burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. See, Jesus displayed this in his walk before the living, and we should too. Verse 15 through 17 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant, who you have loosened my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. This, This verse really has a lot of depth to it. Because on one hand, This verse celebrates our deliverance from death through the gift of salvation. And we can list a bunch of verses here that speak to that. But on the other hand, this verse also speaks to the reality that every single one of us will face death. These earthly vessels that we are walking around in someday will simply stop. And our time will end. But even then, as Psalm 72 14 tells us, He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in His sight. Our life is precious to the Lord. His love for us is without bounds. In verse 16 and 17, you see this declaration of love back to the Lord, O Lord. Truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. In the closing verse of Psalm 116, our further declaration of love to our Lord, a public declaration at that. One where our words had better match our walk. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. This psalm started with the phrase, I love the Lord, and closes with, praise the Lord. Such love and gratitude is shown here. It makes sense in light of the Love and grace that we have been shown by our Heavenly Father. And with Psalm 116 ending with praise the Lord, Psalm 117 starts and ends with the same verse or the same declaration praise the Lord. Psalm 117 quickly says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and His truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. A great way to start and end this psalm, and really a great way to start and end our day. Very short, but profound and deep verse. Even this time speaking to the Gentiles of the world, further proof that his love is for all people. His mercy and his kindness is great and his truth endures forever. His truth endures forever. To kind of take this a little bit further, I think of John 17:17 17, 17, where it says, "Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth." And then in Matthew 24:35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. I love how throughout God's word, we see this confirmation time after time after time. Praise the Lord for his word. We're going to close. But as we close, I don't know if you found yourself in a place like we described tonight, a place of desperation, of being lost, with death as a companion, that may be a little extreme for some, but maybe we're just in a point where we're in a low point. You know, we should never be in a position to share the love of Christ with somebody And then choose not to. So I'd like to encourage all of us tonight because you don't have to remain in that place. Don't let the enemy lie to you, tell you something that it's true when it's nothing but a lie. And I'm going to encourage you to do as the psalmist did. In fact, I would like for you to pray verse four back to the Lord then I called upon the name of the Lord, O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul and have the faith in God to know that he will hear it. We never know how or when he will respond, but know that he hears you. He knows our voice and he's the only one that can actually do anything about it. So, if you need prayer for something tonight, please stay back and let us pray over you. If you're here or maybe watching online and you've never put Jesus Christ in your heart, never asked Him to be your Savior, don't let this day end without doing that. Because today is a day that you can start that perfect and wonderful relationship with our Savior. And if you're here and you want to do that, stay back and talk with one of our leaders. We'd love to be praying with you about this, even get you started in discipleship program. If you're watching online and you make that decision, email us at questions at calvarychapelrva.com. We want to know. We want to reach out. We want to get you started on a life loving the Lord, this new beginning that he gives us. You know, we don't have that many more psalms to cover. This is part of the selections from the Psalms series we've been doing for quite some time, so we'll be transitioning soon into something different, another different book in the Bible. But it's always a good idea to look back at the Psalms, even daily, as just a way to remember the love and appreciation that we should have for our Heavenly Father, to sing His high praise and to give thanks and give glory to his name. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. Lord, just such a beautiful example of your grace and your power and your majesty, your love displayed. So Lord, we pray that if there's anybody here watching online that's broken-hearted, that needs healing, that needs more of you. We pray, Lord, that you would provide the opportunity for the laying out of hands and the anointing of oil, Lord, and just the prayers to be lifted high. If there's anybody here that doesn't know you're watching online, Lord, we pray that you would just knock down those barriers, Lord. Open eyes, open hearts, Lord, that those would see your truth and see the urgency, Lord, because you are coming soon. So, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit continue to speak to us, continue to minister to us, Even in the areas of our lives, Lord, that we're not aware. And we pray, Lord, that you open our eyes. Reveal these areas where we are being stubborn and maybe, Lord, don't even know it. Forgive us of these things, Lord, and just fill us afresh and anew. We thank you once again. And we just pray, Lord, that you are honored and glorified in all things we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, don't forget this coming Sunday, Pastor Tim will be back in the book of Acts chapter 2. You're not going to want to miss that. So that's all we have. You're dismissed. God bless you.